0: To the Average Joe's podcast, it is our second time with our only ever recurring guest. We've got Jake Sneed joining us from the uh, bowels of Bloomington, Indiana. How you doing?
1: I'm doing awesome, boys. Thanks for having me back on. A long time listener, now second time caller. <laughs>
0: Wouldn't we wouldn't rather have anybody on for this game than you? Alec, how are you doing this more this afternoon? Uh, I,
2: mean, I mean, you can you can't be better. We're how many hours away? 96, 90 about 96 hours away. So
0: well, four days away, see a gritty, send a gritty. Um I can't wait. I don't know about you guys. This excitement is killing me. So um a lot to talk about today, not only just with the Super Bowl, but also you know, starting to look back on What an awesome season this has been. We've kind of started to to do that the last couple of weeks. Um, I wanted to start with this quote um, and kick start the discussion from the last time that you were on the episode, Jake. Um, Joe Burrow, this was pretty simple. Joe Burrow is not a loser. Um, I think that's been evidently proven so far in this postseason, has it
1: not? Yeah, I mean, kind of sounds like Socrates said that, but um, he's not a loser. He, as of now, if you if you count his national championship winning season at LSU, he has not lost a playoff game. And I am knocking hard on this wooden desk right here. Maybe it's a little synthetic, so I'm on the wood door. Um, he hasn't lost yet. And you know what? I mean, the whole world knows he's a winner now. Um, not much to add to that. He's proven that time and time again. And um, you know, you really judge the makeup of a leader and the makeup of a great player by if he makes people around him better and he has absolutely maximized the potential of this roster. Um, I hope not. Actually, I hope they have one more push and left in them. But I mean, it, it, needless to say, he's working with a bottom third def- or offensive line and they have one of the most explosive and exciting offenses in the league. So he to say he's a winner is an understatement. Al, what yeah, do you, I mean,
0: yeah. what do you think about this newfound? I, I mean, just to reference another Jake Snead quote from that first episode, uh, and he said this before we said this uh, later on in the season. Joe Burrow is a top five quarterback. I have that right here. Um, just sort of what evolution have you seen from him throughout not only the postseason but throughout the season, and how much confidence and hope does that give you for for Sunday?
2: Yeah, so. If you, you know, been alive the last three weeks and watched any Bengals games, you have the utmost confidence in this Sunday uh, from Joe Burrow. But I've listened to a lot and I'm talking a lot of podcasts over the last month, maybe month and a half, because I've been drinking the Kool-Aid fully. Um, Because we all know I was really negative, um, you know, middle of the season when they lost the Jets. But, um, you know, Joe Burrows talked about it himself. He wasn't really healthy until he said after the bye week and then he started to be able to move around better in the pocket. Uh, and you see these clips on Twitter where he just moves around the pocket so well. And he has that pocket awareness that only, I mean, you could argue, arguably say probably Mahomes, Allen, Brady, and Rogers had this year. Um, and it's it, it just unbelievable to see the progression from that bears game in the beginning of the year where he couldn't move very well to last week outrunning running critter, I guess two weeks ago, outrunning Chris Jones um, twice in one play. It's just unbelievable to see that transformation this year.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I think something,
0: and this is kind of a fun thing that popped up on social media last night or two nights ago, was Rob Gronkowski saying if there's one quarterback that he would want to maybe have the swan song of his career with, it would be Joe Burrow. And coming from a guy that has played with Tom Brady for 10 years now or whatever – uh, that's pretty damn high praise for the guy that shepherds the Bengals into th- the biggest game that you could ever play as an NFL starting quarterback.
2: Oh, I mean, absolutely. And, and you, you can kind of see why Rob said that, though. It's because Burroughs seems to have that mentality like Brady had, um, you know, where he's refusing to lose, like he's not going to lose um, a Super Bowl or a big game. Um, and obviously, Brady lost a lot of those, but Joe's young enough in his career where he hasn't experienced that yet. Um, and I don't think he wants to experience it this Sunday. So,
0: no, as, as our friend Jake Sneed said, also, I'm just going to keep weaving in your quotes because there's a lot of good ones. Uh, I love it. Joe Burrow is as confident in the pocket as we are 20 Bud Lights deep on a Friday night.
1: <laughs> damn right i mean was, yeah i mean what more can i say and i'm pretty freaking confident 20 bud lights deep on friday night
0: as this question for both of you so i think all of us i know sneed and i were at the game alec you had the the cocoa. um has this confidence you know the Bengals win that las vegas raiders game the first playoff game and everybody is sort of in this euphoric malaise of Oh, my God, I can't believe it's finally over and all this stuff. And then Joe Burrow gets up to the podium and says, we expected to win. This is the this is the bare minimum from now on. How much do you think that mentality has rubbed off on the team and on the fan base? And just what does that mentality bring to a franchise that, let's face it, hasn't won a lot until he got here? Whoever wants to answer can go first. I don't really care.
1: Yeah, yes, yes, Steve, you can go first. Well, how much has it worn off? I mean, I just go back to, and I'm not the first person to have this take, and I, I've heard you guys allude to it time and time again. And we're, you can't judge this year's Bengal team off of the history of this franchise. I mean, Joe Burrow's a winner. We said that quote already, but so is T. Higgins. So is Jamar Chase. So is Joe Mixon. So is Jonah Williams. So is, um, you could go to the defensive side of the ball. Mike, Mike Hilton. Hilton. Mike yep. Hilton Mike expects Hilton. to win. Um, DJ Reader, obviously as a Texan, but you know coming from Clemson, those guys expect to win. Okay, so when Joe Burrow gives that whole nonchalant, you know we beat LA or Vegas, excuse me. Um, this is expected. I fully believe that. I, I think that entire locker room believes that, and you know the the sole fact that they refuse to lose is the reason they're playing for it all this Sunday. And it's because they don't accept losing. Um, And, you know, I, I, I was with you guys. I was very uh, bearish on this team after the jets lost, but I mean, I I have the, the uh, the receipts to prove it. Uh, I remember getting food before that game and people asking me as I had my burrow Jersey on, on the streets, you know, Oh, they're locked today. Like who do you, how much money you have on them? And I was telling you, I don't have money on them because they could lose this because they're so immature. Okay, the NFL season is grueling. It's long. There are no grambling states. There are no uh, playing the Citadel or the Citadel or however you pronounce it, like the mm-hmm. SEC schedule. It's a pro team every week. There's going to be growing pains. The thing is, you have to come back from those games and learn something. And I've seen steady progression. Obviously, there's been some steps back. Um, but I think right now we can all say, I mean, this is the team peaking at the right time. And That is a true testament to the refuse to lose mindset. And this is the expectation of the locker room.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and to go on top of that, you you know, every year we see a team make a Super Bowl run that gets hot at the end of the year. Um, Last year was the Bucs. The Bucs really struggled. I know they have Brady and that roster is loaded, but they struggled a lot in the regular season, Uh, had growing pains, got hot, um, ended up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, we saw with Russell Wilson when they when he was young, uh, they had the Legion of Boom. They got hot at the end of that year, um, beat Peyton Manning by, what, 40? Uh, so the Bengals are hot right now, and you're right. It, it's The steady, slow progression of this year has been really telling of how Joe Burrow is the leader and how Zach Taylor is the leader and how their locker room is because they could have easily thrown it in. I mean, they were, what, 7-6? and six. After that 49ers loss, they could have thrown it in. Um, um, they could have folded uh, they almost lost the Broncos I mean, we forget that they were down not uh, what is it 10 to 10 to 9 right
0: yeah if they stick the fork in them right then and there
2: I mean stick the fork in them and then they beat a Ravens team that was depleted I get it but then you beat the Chiefs at home and then it's been rolling ever since so you know the progression and the culture I think it's cemented now I think Zach Taylor has been speaking the words for three years now. And now that after this playoff run, I think it's going to be cemented
1: for the next couple of years. Yeah. I will say real quick, uh, Brandon off of your, after the 49er game, us thinking it was over. I had a pretty good quote. I was actually at that game um, and I am pretty optimistic, but I had uh, after the second muff punt, I had a quote, I screamed, sell the team, Mike. (laughs) And you know what? That proves right there that this team has no quit in them because I the Bengals of old lose that game they go on a two three game skid and kiss it goodbye and we're picking 16th and we're going to take corner out of pick your SEC school and he's going to be you know 80 overall and Madden for the next five years and you know what we might sneak into the wild card next year but that is clearly not what this team has in mind and, and thank God they don't yeah um sort
0: of going off that two questions for you guys one is there an element to this Bengals run? You know, they I think I don't know the exact number because I haven't looked it up, but you know, they have very few guys on this team that have postseason experience, Super Bowl experience, much less. Is there an element, do you think, to this run of the Bengals playing sort of carefree and and really without pressure that comes from not knowing what they don't know, you know they've never been here before, so they don't know what it's like to get the soul crushing loss. Do you think there's any element of that that maybe just takes the pr- pressure completely off of of how they're playing and makes them play more loose and free?
2: Absolutely, it, it has to. I, the only person that's really experienced that on this team has been Mike Hilt, um, playing with the Steelers. But other than that. The only other Bengal that was on the roster, other than Kevin Huber, I get it—he's the punter and Clark Harris. But it, it was CJ Uzama. There was only one playmaker on offense that had experienced playoff loss. So never having that soul-crushing defeat, other than in Week 17s in the past when you're already out of the playoff contention, I think that plays a bit. I think that plays a big deal. I don't know what you guys think, but it has to because they don't—they they don't have that experience of. Getting beat in a wild card game, or getting a beat individual game, or even getting beat, you know, in a Super Bowl or a conference championship—they don't understand that. So, hopefully, hopefully, they won't uh, experience a loss. So then next year we can, you know, kind of get, you know, push that momentum um, after after another great
1: off season. Yeah. It, uh, the only thing I'll add—you hit on everything there—is it just they make football so fun, and you could see it on their faces. You see it on the sidelines they're laughing. They're jo- they're having so much fun playing with each other. There's so much chemistry there of the offense lives through Joe and you know listening to like Sam Hubbard on pardon my take I think we all listen to pardon my take here or whatever I mean like when we were talking about how it might have made sense for them to let the Chiefs score um, there there's like a minute left they're deep in our territory Hubbard says you know we never had that mindset it was back to the huddle it's who's going to make the play and you know Hubbard ended up making the play and then in overtime you know Eli Apple and Von Bell made the play it's just it's a competition and that's when football is at its best is when you're playing loose it's next roll with the punches next play mentality and just make it fun. And they're having so much, it doesn't seem business like. Joe Burrow's confidence is awesome. It's focused. It's hyper-focused, but it's not totally so serious that, you know, they can't relax. And that's something I, I've never seen that in my life at, at this level that Joe Burrow is doing that on. Yeah. yeah and, and
2: to kind of go on top of that, um we saw Brady you know for 20 years off the field great guy funny but when he gets on that field he's a complete psychopath and Joe Burrow is a psychopath on Sundays I mean that dude goes into a zone where not a lot of humans can go into and I don't know how to explain it but uh, it was funny so last week I don't know if you guys caught this Tony Romo um they they panned in I know Melby I know you're a big fan of Tony Romo big fan um but well get me started <laughs> they he he did say one thing that was actually pretty good in the fourth quarter they they did a close-up on Joe Burrow uh pre-snap and his eyes were like going crazy and Tony Romo commented like you can tell by his eyes that he is just in a zone where you know that he just he just somewhere he's in a dark place right now just trying to to figure something out.
0: I will say whenever they flashed, like they zoomed the camera in on his eyes in the Kansas city game, he looked scared as hell for whatever was about to happen. He had to shift the eyes. I, we all noted that when we were watching the game here, we're like,
2: yeah,
0: they, they keep talking about his eyes. He, he looks petrified to be out there right now. It's probably you, yeah. the next thing I want to talk about is the O-line and this can kind of parlay into a discussion about what Sunday holds, but um Jackson Carmen uh didn't practice the last two days that they practiced in Cincinnati don't know about him for the game on Sunday um scale of one to I am not even going to watch the game how worried are you about what Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to do to the Bengals O line on Sunday
1: I'm 10 scared but I'm watching the damn game Melby um but you know, it's, this is the best D line in football. It's the most, and I would argue it's the most dominant position group in football. When you when you weigh all the positions in the NFL and all the teams, and it's the strength of their team. And you know, history will say you know defense wins championships. But I'll go a step further. When you when you establish when you win the line of scrimmage, when it's the defensive line that's controlling your team, it's special. And there's no secret. You know, the Rams they sold out for this year. I mean, they they traded all the draft picks. They go get Stafford and all that. But the strength of their team will always run through that defensive line. And you're crazy if you don't think they're licking their chops at this Bengals offensive line. Um, You know, we've had games this year where, I I look, Tennessee game, where the offensive line just gets exposed. But then you look last week, the Chiefs pass rush is not bad. It's solid. And they played great. Um, It just comes down to and they're going to press. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the first drive they might get blown up. Maybe not. It's the Super Bowl. Emotions are high. There might be blown assignments. But you know, when we've needed them the most, they've settled in and they've made the play and they don't have to be great for us to win. They have to be serviceable. You have to make Joe Burrow beat you. Jalen Ramsey, I think he's great. I was telling my roommates the other day, you know, Jalen Ramsey is, is a top five corner in the league, but he doesn't have for me that Richard Sherman factor. And maybe I'll eat words on this, but what I'm getting at there is, you know, if we can just hold that line, and let Joe Burrow pick apart that defense, I like our odds. I don't think Jalen Ramsey one-on-one on Jamar Chase is enough to beat you. Now, yeah. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller, that, that you know, if they get off the ball and they have nine sacks, I, I'd venture to say if we give up nine sacks, if we give up six sacks, I don't know if we, we go home happy on Sunday. So I'm very scared, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident in – our offensive line, and Frank Pollock. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think they have two weeks to scheme up something, at least
2: something to stop, you know, relatively stop, you know, this D-line. This You're not going to stop Aaron Donald. Um, Aaron Donald's going to get his. He always gets his. Now, the one thing about Aaron Donald is he has historically played bad in big games. So we kind of have that going for us. But, again, they have Von Miller and they also have Leonard Floyd. So you can't you can't double Aaron Donald every play. Um, and it's also going to be interesting to see what they do with Jamar Chase. I'm, they're not going to play man on as good as Jalen Ramsey is. No way. They just you don't man think they're going to sing it. You don't think they're? No, he was lobbying for it. Yeah, he's lobbying for it. But if they do that, that's advantage Bengals. Like I I bangles.
0: agree, but I, I really do think they're just going to let Jalen Ramsey go at so it. You
2: think, so too. you think? So you think? So you think Jalen Ramsey on an island, and then they'll double T? I think. Or what.
0: You know, this is maybe getting into the week. Tyler Boyd, starts. love
2: that. Getting into, <laughs> yeah, Tyler getting
1: Boyd into
0: handicapping it. a little bit. But, you know, I think that they open the game out and and they say, we're going to just put Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase and single him up. And I think that the Bengals maybe hit a big play early and the Rams say, oh boy, yeah, we're not doing that the whole game.
2: You know, what's funny is that a lot of the national media I've been listening to, which, again, this is – National media, I've been hammering this all year. I don't want to get on a big tangent because we have uh, Snead here because we have a, our special yeah. guests. But the national media, these shows, they they are not even. They don't even talk about the Bengals that much. It's all about Aaron Donald. It's all about Jalen Ramsey, blah, blah, blah. The Bengals are in a Super Bowl, and they're still slept on. It's Let unbelievable. I don't, on. I
1: don't understand it. I don't understand it. Let One them have it. The yeah. One thing I will say, yeah. uh, and this could be hit on later in the podcast, so I'll, I'll keep it free for it. Alec, you said, uh, you're like, Aaron Donald will get his. He absolutely will. But in the Super Bowl, it seems to me like the rule, rather than the exception to the rule, is that good players get theirs. We got oh, yeah. playmakers. Where you win oh, the yeah. Super Bowl is when, A, you don't screw up, you don't turn it over, you don't have stupid penalties, and, B, when you can get that guy that doesn't usually get his to make the big play. Where's the David Tyree? You know, yeah. where's the Malcolm Butler? Where's the yeah, big absolutely. play when you need it? And that, whoever comes up with that big play, is going to be the team that that goes home successful. I think in this. Yeah, and for and for candidates like that, it could be. I don't. I don't even know. You know, Eli yeah.
2: Apple or uh, or Jermaine Pratt yeah. again. I was going to say we like could
0: we can parlay that into the discussion about playoff P Sneed's guy Jermaine Pratt and you know Pro, Pro Bowler. And so listening back to our season preview pod with with Jake last night, we really harped on the importance of, of the linebackers. And, you know, patting ourselves, the three of us on the back collectively, it proved to be basically the most important aspect of this defense in the playoff run. I mean, they don't, you know, first game of the season, they don't win the first game without Jermaine Pratt. They don't beat the Raiders without Jermaine Pratt. They don't beat the Titans without Logan Wilson and yada, yada, yada. We've had guys and not just in the linebackers guys at every level of the defense making plays. So my question to you guys is, is the Bengals defense, how much better is the Bengals defense than everybody thinks they are? Because right now everything is turning up Bengals defense. You hold the chiefs to three points in the second half two weeks ago you you absolutely shut down Derrick Henry, and for the most part, you have you incapacitated the Raiders' offense to a point where they had to do what they don't want to do, which is rely on Derek Carr to throw it 55 times. How how surprising has the Bengals' defensive performance been this postseason, versus how how do you expect them to perform on Sunday against arguably? the offense with the most weapons that they faced this season.
2: So I, I I did, I I took a couple of notes um, about that. Actually, it's funny. So Bengals defense in the second half and OT of that chiefs game this year, they've given up one touchdown in the second half. And that was that Ryan Tannehill dime to AJ Brown and they have five picks. So the ratio is five to one for them in their favor for picks, touchdowns in the second half.
1: Wow. Um,
2: So their blitz rate in the first, yeah, their blitz rate in the first half is twenty three percent in the playoffs, and they've given up four touchdowns, to have one pick, and then you know they have five picks, given up one touchdown in the second half. Their blitz rate's ten percent, so I think that's going to be a key. Don't blitz Matt Stafford as much, especially on all their play action stuff, because we saw last week with the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes did that play action stuff, there was nobody open when they went and blitz. They went drop eight, they rushed three, have that spy, nobody was open. So I think they can do that against Stafford because. Stafford is not Mahomes. Let's not forget that. Uh, He makes mistakes. And so also I looked this up since week 14, Matt Stafford has at least one ball, one turnover worthy throw in every game. So that's going to be important too. you know, kind of seeing. And and, and in the playoff run so far, the Bengals have taken advantage of those turnover worthy throws. It's going to be important to see if they can get one, if they can steal possession against the Rams because the Rams Cooper Cup is going to get again. Again, Cooper Cup's going to get his. It's going to be about stopping OBJ and stopping that run de- or that run offense. And the Bengals have been top ten in DVOA and rush defense all year, so it's going to be really important to stop that. Um, but you know, I don't. It's it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, to to your original question, like, are you surprised with this? To be honest, I'm really not. I mean, you look last week at the first half, the Chiefs feasted. I mean, it was the same story as the week, uh, whatever. When did we play the Chiefs the first time? Was it week 16 uh, or 17? Yeah, that throws me off with the new 18 week season. But I mean, they got theirs then. And I look back, you know, over our year, the three instances where I've said the Bengals defense is flat out getting beat right now, they're getting dominated. I would say the Browns, the first go around, and I'd say the two Chief games. But other than that, and we've played great competition when we've needed them to bow up. They've bowed up. And, you know, they're not, they're playing to the level that I expect them to play at. Okay. I don't think anybody can expect Mahomes to turn it over like he did against the Bengals. He threw what, two picks? Or was it one pick? Two picks? Two, two picks. Two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you got Matt Stafford, like you said, who isn't Mahomes, but he's very good. And it's just like, it, it just comes back to, like I said, making that big play and, but I'm not surprised and, and I'm very confident. And I think kind of the narrative you said, you know, the Bengals aren't getting much media coverage and they're getting less than LA, I would say, but it's refreshing to me to end the day and turn on Center at night. And actually, I mean, I do hear a little Bengals coverage and the narrative right now is that the Bengals defense is probably the most slept on unit in the NFL. And it, I go back to my Jermaine Pratt Pro Bowl take, Maybe I missed that a little bit, but Jermaine Pratt's an established inside middle linebacker in the NFL now. What I was getting at with the Pratt take was if this team was going to be good, if this team was going to get to the playoffs, they needed somebody on that team or a few guys to elevate their level of play. And Jermaine Pratt has played great. He's played solid. Logan Wilson, in my opinion, is better. He's done that. But when you get guys like Trey Hendrickson having Pro Bowl seasons, when you get career years from Eli Apple, when Mike Hilton's everything you thought he'd be, when Jesse Bates is still among the league's best free safeties. It opens the doors and it, it gives so much confidence to your offense that they can play and they know that they can get a stop and that it's the trickle down effect. It's, it's they play loose that they have fun like everything we've talked about.
0: Yeah, so I just looked up one of the research bits from earlier. Ricardo Allen is the only Bengals player that has played in the Super Bowl. So by far and away the team that has less experience in this moment, but I digress um the one other thing I want to talk about on defense and then I want to get back to the offensive side of the ball um how how do we I'm trying to think how how I want to phrase this question it's an Eli Apple question do do we have faith in Eli Apple to keep up this level of play that he's been on on Sunday or you know Sort of what are our feelings on Eli Apple on OBJ this Sunday?
2: I think it's always still in the back of our minds that he might have a, you know, a bad game. But he played, I know he dropped that pick six for the win last week. He played really well in the second half, and he has played really well in the playoffs. He had that tip that Logan Wilson had the pick to, to seal the Titans game. His PFF grades have been actually pretty decent. He's everything you would need from a second corner, I think. On this Bengals team, Mike Hilton's got the slot. The two safeties are great. Cheeto's going to do his best on Cooper Cup. Can Eli Apple guard OBJ? Probably not one-on-one, but, you know, man-to-man. But I think he's going to do well enough where we're not going to have to worry about, oh, Eli Apple's going to blow us the game.
1: Eli always scares the hell out of me, to be honest, just because I've seen, obviously, we all have what he can be uh, in New York and then in uh, New Orleans as well. But every time that I am a skeptic on him, he's made me a believer again. And the one thing that I'll say about uh, Eli Apple is if you would ask Eli Apple, this question, he might punch you square in the face and you kind of have to have that mentality at corner. And it kind of drives me crazy. I don't love the Twitter fingers. I don't love the claims that he makes because it scares me. I think it puts a target on our back, but he doesn't give a shit. And nope. there's something to be said about being in a unit where you have, like you said, Cheeto, who's a really good corner, and he's having a great year, and Von Bell, and Jesse Bates, and Mike Hilton, and those guys don't, if he makes a bad play, you know what? OBJ is going to get his, like I said, back to circle yeah. and takes here. But if he gets slashed on a drive, if he if he makes a bad play, it's the next play mentality. And Eli Apple, even at Ohio State, always had that. And, you know, Eli could get beat nine times, but if he makes the 10th play and it's the play like he had against the Chiefs, you know, he is Jalen Ramsey in his mind. And that's the kind of mentality you have to have when you're on an island against Odell Beckham. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, Wrapping up defense, I want you guys to give me a defensive X factor for Sunday, and I want you to give me the matchup that you think um, most favors the Bengals on that side of the ball for Sunday. Real quick, and then we'll jump over to offense. All
2: right. X factor for me. Uh, I think this guy has the most on the line this Sunday. If Jesse Bates has another great game, he's getting that contract extension in the in the uh, in the offseason. I think if he plays really well, Bengals win, makes another big play like he did last week, he's getting paid. And that that that's my X Factor. And the matchup is, watching
0: what what matchup favors the Bengals the most?
2: Yeah, I you know, I think it it's gonna be Trey Hendrickson against Rob Havenstein or Haven, Havenstein from from Wisconsin. I know he's 6'8", 330. Trey Hendrickson's a damn good pass rusher. I don't think we're, I don't think Sam Hubbard's gonna be able to do anything against Andrew Whitworth. I think it just, that is what it is. But I think Trey Hendrickson versus Rob Havenstein is is, is gonna be a uh, a matchup to watch.
1: Mike's factor's Cheeto. Um, he's going up most of the game, or they're not gonna you know shadow cup, but he's going up against arguably the most dominant receiver from the 2021-22 season in Cooper Cup. And if he can just neutralize him, um, Cooper's going to make some plays, but if he can play at the level that he's played consistently all year, um, even if he, you know, it, maybe he makes the big play. Maybe he has the pick. Uh, that's the matchup I'm watching. That's my X factor. And granted has a good point too. Jesse Bates is another X factor, um, you know, playing for that contract right now on the biggest stage of his career. He'll be locked in. And then off his point, too, with Trey Hendrickson, you know, I don't care who he's against. He's one of the best in the league at getting to the quarterback. And a big-time player has got to make big-time plays. Yeah. Uh, short and simple, I'm going to go
0: with Mike Hilton as my X Factor because Cooper Cup is big. Uh, same same reasoning as Sneed, Cooper Cup lines up in the slot almost 65% of his snaps. So it's going to be a big Mike Hilton day um, in the slot. And similar to what Sneed said about Awuzie, you know, whenever he's on cup, neutralizing him, Mike Hilton's going to need to, you know, play his concepts and read his keys well to make sure that Cooper Cup is not, you know, getting deep down the field and field and causing problems. Uh, matchup I'm watching is Trey Flowers against whoever plays tight end for the Rams. Um, if it's Higby, it's Higby. If it's Blanton, it's Blanton. Um, if the Bengals can make the Rams one dimensional, and that is intermediate stuff and and not a lot of screens to the tight end I think that's really really going to behoove the Bengals and and inch them closer to to winning um on Sunday um switching to the offense switching to the offense the question I want to ask you guys is do you think that the fact that Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and this Rams D line is so vaunted and, and is going to get sacks and pressures. Do you think that that limits the role for Joe Mixon on Sunday? Meaning, do you think we see more Samaje Pirine in there for pass blocking, sniffer rolls, more Drew Sample? How does the Rams D line, in your opinion, affect what the Bengals want to do running the ball and, you know, running 11 personnel? How does that affect what they want to do?
2: Yeah, so I think it's going to really determine, I think, early in the game what the Bengals do. I think the Bengals are going to really want to control the line of scrimmage early, so I think we'll see a lot of Joe Mixon rushes. Um, now, now to be fair, the Bengals have not been able to run the ball very well the past probably 10 weeks. Uh, they, they haven't been able to get anything going. They haven't really been able to get anything probably since that Raiders game where Joe Mixon went off, but it's going to be really, really important because As good as Aaron Donald is rushing the passer, as good as Von Miller and, you know, Leonard Floyd are rushing the passer, their weaknesses in all three of their games is run defense. So I think that's something that the Bengals could exploit. I think you could see a lot of outside zone, especially to Leonard Floyd's side. Uh, You could see a lot of Drew Sample in there, um, you know, try, try and a lot of hopefully, hopefully a lot of Stanley Morgan in there, you know, trying to get the run game going but it's going to be really important to see them establish a run early because if not, it's going to be like the Titans game. I mean, they're, I mean, they're going to create so much pressure that Joe Burrow is just going to – he he's going to be under too much pressure when it comes into the third and fourth quarter. They're not going to be able to handle it.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, granted, hit on everything there. Um, they're going to want to control the line of scrimmage. I think you're going to see a lot of Drew sample sets. Um, you know, you got him at the second round, you know, Zach's first year, and – you know god love drew and god love this team i don't i don't know how how you can really defend that at this point but he's there cuz he's a blocking tight end and what better time to prove yourself as a blocking tight end than against the best defensive line in the national football league but um to your point too or if that doesn't work and it might not work um it's going to go into full chiefs mode i think where you're going to have to throw the ball 40 plus times and you're going to just have to play dodge a d lineman and and you're just gonna have to air it out which i guess you know isn't really changing much because we've seen that a lot this year but early on i think you're gonna see a lot of drew sample
2: yeah and, and kind of yeah kind of another, another real quick point if they go all if they air it out i don't think eric weddles could be that good in coverage um because he's just coming back so that's another the you know kind of thing to look forward to if they can you know protect joe i think they have an advantage in the secondary
1: that's our you got it. In, in a perfect world you go down the field the first drive and you establish the run you get joe loose yeah. um, you put points on the board 7 or 3 you get a stop and that opens your pass game cuz they have yeah. to respect the run they have to defend the run then you make Aaron Donald Leonard Leonard Florian Von Miller beat you on pass rushing cuz you can you can take some stabs and like like you just said, I don't have that much confidence in Eric Weddle. I don't don't have that much confidence in Jalen Ramsey against this receiving core. to be quite frank with you. And that might be a bold take, and he might make me eat my words, but that's how I see it.
0: Um, One more quick question about running backs before we move out to the receivers. Is Cedric Benson going to have more fantasy points than Chris
2: Evans on Sunday?
1: Um, No, because I think Chris Evans may have a catch or two, but, you know, the Bengals win. If Cedric Benson somehow pulls off some fantasy points, I mean, I think we can all agree on that. That would be quite the thing. I mean, he might have as many as Tupac um, if he comes out for the halftime show. And we, I think, that's a bold prediction. I think we're going to see a Tupac hologram at SoFi at halftime. We're at least going to hear some California love
0: on top of Kendrick and whoever else is performing. That—that's the one thing about the Super Bowl this year. I think I've paid way less attention to who's doing the halftime and all that stuff now that. Um, The Bengals are in it. Um, News-related bit leading into another question. CJ Uzama, you know, rips off the knee brace and says he's not missing the biggest game of his career on Sunday. How big of a factor can he be for the Bengals on Sunday?
2: Yeah, so I was listening to a couple of pods this week. It, It looked like he was still limping a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be 100%, but he's definitely going to be active even if he's 80% or 75% 75% of CJ Uzama receiving is better than 140% of Drew Sample receiving so i don't give me don't don't give me that look come on you know that CJ Uzama 75% is way better than 100% Drew Sample in receiving
0: i was so ready for the Drew Sample game against Kansas City 2 weeks ago yeah, was- and he had one catch for 4 yards
2: so i'm done with Drew Sample um, I'm ready for Robbie G to come in the off season, but before that can happen, I need a 75% CJ Uzama to catch a red zone touchdown. That's what I need.
0: Snead, what do you think
1: about Uzama on Sunday? Big role? Huge, uh, huge role. I mean, I know people that don't obviously watch the Bengals as religiously as we do that are, are solely basing their bets and have asked me point blank, you know, what can I expect from Uzama that that offense is a totally different unit when he's in, um, I would argue, and, you know, we have a lot of playmakers, so this might not be true. I mean, you go, uh, Joe Burrow is irreplaceable on the offensive side of the football, duh. But I would say, you know, maybe next, you could say Jamar Chase just because of his productivity. But right after that, I'd put CJ Uzama. You I mean, he's the one giving the locker room speeches. He's a vet, like you said, Melby. He's been in Cincinnati. He's seen the circle of life um, in the NFL, if you will. And he's the kind of guy where, where I talk about the guy that needs to make the X factor play that you don't necessarily expect to, you could kind of put him in that category. He catches a touchdown, man. Unbelievable. He's been such a surprise to me this year. I think I said on the first podcast, you know, that I don't have that much confidence in him. He has exceeded every expectation that I've had for him. And to your point, Brandon, you know, if he's 75%, so be it. I'll, I'll take him out there over drew sample any day. And, you know he, he's an x-factor
0: yeah and on top of that you want to talk about i, I mean i think we we can all be in agreement that Uzama is probably the x-factor for this offense on sunday um one of the main reasons being you look back at the tennessee game when burrow just gets hammered and pressured nearly every time he drops back somebody's in his face and uzama is second on the team in targets in that game and he leads the team in catches in that game um you know the, the you know, I I think people often overrate the security blanket element of a tight end, but with CJ Uzama and Joe Burrow, I mean, we talked about this in the preseason. We've talked about it all season. There's clearly great rapport there and, and Burrow knows exactly where he's going to be. And he is always, you know, Burrow gets back in empty and he's got a free runner coming at him. He knows he can just dump it right off to CJ, get five yards and move on to the next play. So I am total, in total agreement, C.J. Uzama is going to play a huge role um, on Sunday should he hopefully be able to play um, at full strength. Um, going to the receivers, you know, we kind of mentioned this earlier. The Rams, you have to imagine Raheem Morris is going to do everything he can to slow down Jamar Chase like everybody else has tried to do all season. Um in a myriad of different manners how how do you think the Bengals respond to that and off that which Bengals receiver picks up the slack maybe from Jamar Chase having a game like he did last week against Kansas City where he only catches six balls for 54 yards and a touchdown
2: um you know it's kind of a weird thing you said you know A bad stat line is six catches for 54 or whatever. and a touchdown in the AFC Championship. Right? right. Which is insane to think about since he's only 21 years old. Yeah. But,
1: he's younger. you know. is he younger than yes. you? Snead, is he yes.
2: younger
1: than you? Yeah, he's younger than me. Yeah, Bill. he's younger than me.
2: Yeah. 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 So, it's kind of crazy thing about that.
1: But, Good
2: yeah, to, to, kind of, to kind of answer your question, I think it could be a Big T Higgins game. Um, I think either T or Jamar are going to have a big game. I don't – you know, I could see Tyler Boyd getting a couple catches. I don't think it's going to be a huge Tyler Boyd game. I think it's going to be Jamar or T. Um, Regardless, they're either going to double T and play Jalen Ramsey one-on-one with Jamar, or they're going to double Jamar um, and put Jalen Ramsey on on T. I I don't know which one they're going to do, but whoever's not being guarded – or not being doubled, I think is going to have a big game.
1: Exactly. No, I mean, and that's the obvious answer there. Um, whoever's not getting double is going to have to step up and I, that could be Tyler Boyd. I mean, I know he works a lot in the slot, but veteran guy too, as I mean, as opposed to T and, and, and Jamar. But um, back to my take, and I've said it time and time again now, it, big players are going to get theirs. Jamar Chase is a huge part of this offense. You could see a lot of jet sweep. We've seen that a lot in this playoff. There's When he moves, the defense, every player on that defense knows where he is on the football field. They respect it. Use that to your advantage. It's never as slick as Jamar's getting doubled. All right, now let's feed T 10 times. We've seen that time and time again. But it's, you know when you do that, then you have to respect T. And it opens up Jamar. And it's just playing with the flow of the game. It's taking what the defense gives you, taking the gimmies. And that comes back to our C.J. Uzama talk. CJ Uzama this season when he's at his best is when he is the gimme, when he's making the plays he's supposed to make. When it's for a second read, it's third read. And that's been paying off for us. And you know, it's it's the blueprint. You don't have to reinvent the wheel this Super Bowl. You just gotta play a really good game against a really good team. And a team that I would argue, now it is the Super Bowl, but isn't the best team that you've played all year. I think mm-hmm. the Chiefs are the best team you played all year, and we beat them twice. We could beat any team in this football league, and we've proven that we can lose it too. So It just comes back to executing when it matters. Also, yeah, I I think an X factor this week is it could be gadget plays.
2: We saw the OBJ throw against the 49ers, and then they had, like, that weird, like, triple tight end screen. I don't know how to describe that. But, um, yeah, I think gadget plays could be big this week. Tyler Boyd played quarterback in high school. So if you could take a prop bet on a Tyler Boyd touchdown throw, you can find one, maybe take it.
1: Speaking I prop bet on a Tyler Boyd passing attempt. I'd, I'd like <laughs> yeah. that. I think we could see
2: it. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I think so.
0: Speaking of prop bets and predictions, I think we've reached that point in the program. I want to ask you first, though, Sneed, before we jump into real predictions. You were just in Vegas. Did you take any prop bets for this game?
1: It's actually ironic that you said that because in the last class I just had, I actually brought this out of my handy wallet, and I'll read you my prop bets <laughs> that I'm carrying on me. Um, I placed four prop bets for a whopping $20, which is a lot of money, apparently, when you go down a little bit more than that on the blackjack tables. Every 16 um, that was was dealt to me uh, was not a good 16. The dealer, I think, hit six blackjacks in my three-day stay in Las Vegas, and I went home without my pants. But the first uh, prop bet that I took, like I said, this is $20. So there's five on four prop bets here Um, is Joe Burrow over 10 and a half rushing yards. I mean, come on. you mean to tell me there's not going to be a play in that game where the defense pins their ear back and Joe doesn't slip out for six, seven yards. And then he doesn't do that twice, three times. The chief game is a Testament to that. So that's the first prop I got. The second prop I got is Jamar chase over five and a half receptions. I like that strictly for you throw him bubble screens, you throw him, Short routes. You don't have to hit the Hail Hail Mary. I hope they do. I hope they hit home runs with them, but I like that bet too. The next prop that I have here is Joe Burrow to win the Super Bowl MVP because obviously we're going to win, and, I mean, come on. America is really not going to choose anybody else other than Joe Burrow to be their MVP. And then the last prop that I have, and this was a tough one um, because I know this doesn't necessarily favor the Bengals, but I, I think it can, and I think it still will hit. Is Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals?
2: Okay. Well, so he needs
1: – let's talk about
2: that real quick before we get into predictions. He needs two to tie the all-time playoff record and three to break it. He's at 12 right yep. now. Adam Vinatieri on the – was it? he was on the Patriots then, right, when he broke – when he had it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was 14 for 14, and Evan McPherson is currently 12 for 12, so he needs two to tie,
1: three to break it. So I like that. I like that problem. And, and he had – in that season, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the kick. That was the kick yes, to win Super the Bowl.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. The Bengals have a decided special teams advantage on Sunday with with McPherson versus the guy that just short legged a forty seven yard field goal uh, against the um, Buccaneers in the division round. All right, I am going to start with you, Alec. I want you to tell me who's going to win, and I want you to give me a bold prediction, and I want you to okay. give me who's going to win Super Bowl MVP.
2: Ah, uh, what's the over-under in this game? 48 and a half. I could see this being like a Titans game, and I don't know why I have that feeling, but I'll just do the, I'll do the over-under, too. We'll just do the over-under, too. All right. I'll go the, – the under's going to hit. I say Bengals win 24-17, uh, Super Bowl MVP. If the Bengals win, it's going to be Joe Burrow, unless it's like a 9-6 to six game uh, where Evan McPherson would win it for some reason or a, defense, or a defensive guy. But I think 24-17 Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow MVP. Bold prediction, um,
1: I think Matt Stafford throws two picks. I
0: Maybe mean, you took mine. I could have gone first.
1: I like that. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. I got Bengals to win. Uh, I won't take a point total there because the, that always screws me and it always makes me look less credited than I, well, I'm not credited. <laughs> but, you know, I don't like to get points involved. I think the Bengals win, and, and bold prediction is Joe Burrow has – a career game. I mean, where you look back for years to come and you say, I mean, that 25-year-old dude in his first Super Bowl against the best defensive line in football with a depleted offensive line didn't give a damn and just went off. I mean, three touchdowns, I'm talking. And, you know, the, the X factor was, I forget the other thing. It goes back to my Awuzie take. I think Awuzie makes a huge play in this game, whether yeah. it's a deflection or a pick. He's kind of been the quiet. He's been quiet because they've been working away from him because he's played so solid that they don't have to take a jab at him. Um, I think he's due to make a big play in this game.
0: Very good, I like them both. Um, so I have picked against the Bengals the last two postseason games and I've won them both. So apologies. Don't do it. Don't do it.
1: Take luck.
0: the Rams, man. Any potential luck that I am screwing up. But I'm also I, – I mean, you can't not take the Bengals. As they would say on Pardon My Take, the Bengals are a team of destiny right now. its It surely seems like that's the case. Um, however, I will differentiate myself a little bit. I don't I, – I, I obviously, the smart money says if the Bengals win, it's going to be Joe Burrow. But I think that the guy – the second guy that I would like if the Bengals win, I would like most to win MVP based on odds or whatever, um, I think T. Higgins could – could very well win MVP. If he has a game like he did against the Ravens at the end of the season where he just goes bananas uh, and Joe Burrow doesn't have a great statistical day outside of throwing to T, I could see T win an MVP. Um, My bold prediction is that I think Trey Hendrickson will get over two sacks on Sunday. Um, Working against Andrew Whitworth, who all three of us love Whit, Um, love him, and you know, if the Rams win, we will be happy for Whitworth. But I think Trey Hendrickson's gonna have a pretty good day against him on Sunday. And I will also say that I think, similar to Alec and Sneed said, I think the Bengals come up with a game changing interception, uh, at a key point in the game. Um, you know, maybe momentum is shifting or whatever, but I'm gonna take the Bengals, I'm gonna take the Bengals. 31 to 26, I love predicting funky scores, so I'm gonna take 31, 26, uh, and I think America is gonna have a very fun time watching this game on Sunday. So with all of that being said, the only thing we got left to do is a little bit of trivia. And today's trivia question is Super Bowl centric. I wanna know how many touchdowns the Bengals have scored total in the Super Bowl. In their two appearances how many touchdowns have they scored
1: hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna guess four okay i'm gonna guess three Sneed is corrected as is four
0: so they scored three in super bowl 16 and they scored four, or they scored one in super bowl 23. um the three in super bowl 16 two were to dan ross uh, and one was a ken anderson run and then in super bowl 23 it was stanford jennings with a kickoff return for a touchdown so maybe we see one of those again on sunday
1: so you know why i got that question right right because i was thinking five and Grandon put up three fingers and grandin's always wrong but he's always pretty close so i just got <laughs> yeah. one up that's a good strategy for life yeah so it is yeah always fade me always fade um me. Yeah. i will Belby, i will say this too um as, as you alluded to, I, I was in uh, Las Vegas over the weekend. You couldn't get probably any more different from a city-wise uh, than from going from Cincinnati to Las Vegas. Yeah. And I can say it, I've seen it firsthand. Now, we've all seen it, but really when you go, in 26 career starts, Joe Burrow has made Cincinnati cool. He's made Cincinnati fun. He's made the world believers in our franchise. We've gone from the basement. We've gone from even saying – you know 20 weeks ago that the Bengals are going to make the wild card and getting laughed at he's made he's turned this whole franchise around i mean the trajectory for this this team this franchise is special we've deserved this we should not be satisfied we should demand a win and just to to hear random homeless people on the streets of vegas point out your Joe Burrow Jersey and want to talk football for five minutes. If you're ever at a low point in life, and I've told all my friends here from the West coast, this, if you're ever down on your luck and you feel like you don't have friends, go to your local sporting goods store and buy a Joe Burrow Jersey and then go to your local bar and you will get in conversations that you never thought you would get in with guys with girls have texted me if Joe Burrow was single and I've told them, you know, no, he's not. But if he's going to act up, I might be the first in line. So they're going to have to go through (laughs) me first. Um, that's a definite <laughs> joke, but um, it, just what he has done is incredible. We all deserve this. Um, I'm so excited for Sunday. This is the new standard. The standard is the standard, and we don't lower it for nobody. In the words of Don't lower, don't lower for anybody. Uh, the, in the words of Mike Tomlin and Brent Ulery.
0: <laughs> I couldn't think of a better way to to end this episode. Um, whatever happens Sunday, this has been just remember the
2: outcome just Surrender awesome. Outcome.
0: Surrender the outcome. The game is going to honor toughness on on Saturday. I'll tell you that much.
2: PGHT, P-G-H-T um, sir. So,
0: so, with all that being said, I don't have a whole hell of a lot else to say other
1: than the way we always end it. Uh, who day? Who day, baby. Who day, baby. Thank you for having me, boys. Let's go win a damn Super Bowl. Let's get it done.